How's it going, everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And I am once again joined by Mariah. How's it going, Mariah? It's going good. I'm so excited about today's topic. <laughs> it's definitely a, a better movie than I thought it would be, but before we get to that, we need to remind our listeners that we have our social media accounts so they can contact us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. The easiest way to find all those links is to go to our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds. You can find all the links on there. And in case you're listening to us through Anchor or Spotify, there is a link on the podcast description on there. So you can just click on that and that'll take you right to all of our social media profiles. So, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> The topic of today's episode, Maria, is what exactly? It's Ouija. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. I think I am. Origin of Evil. I've heard people saying it differently. I've, I've, I've heard people say it Ouija board. I've heard people say, call it just the Ouija board. Um, in Spanish, we call it La Ouija. <laughs> oh, yeah. It almost sounds like La Bruja or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's La, La Ouija. That's what we call it in Spanish. So... Um, if I'm not mistaken, I picked this movie, didn't I? <laughs> yes, yes you did. Yeah, I did because I heard this movie is a sequel to another movie just called Ouija, or Ouija. And I've heard that movie's terrible. I have never seen it. So I have. I have. Is it worse than this? Better? Um, um I would say this one is definitely um ex- exceeded like my expectations so this one's definitely a lot better in a lot of different ways but the other one it's like it's cool for like if you want to see like like a group of like friends getting oh so it's like, like the typical <laughs> slasher kind of but just with a ghost instead of a killer kind of yeah it's more of like a group of friends and um yeah that one was actually i actually liked it it wasn't like the terror it wasn't terrible like it was good it was, it was right. good but this one's better <laughs> yeah because pretty much everyone that i've either talked to or seen post about it on the internet says that this one is far better than the other one and so when i saw it on netflix i saw it maybe about two months ago and I was like, I wonder if this is the movie that everyone says sucks. But then I saw that it was, <laughs> but then I saw that it was a prequel. So I was like, oh, okay, that looks a little interesting. And and so I watched it, and I was very surprised. I mean, it's still not a great movie by all means, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really well done. It had some creepy moments. It's not really a super scary movie, I don't think. It can be at some points, but. I think it's more creepy than scary, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It would kind of freak me out, especially watching it at night. It's just like creepy vibes. That's about it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe I should start the conversation then, because this is my pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, we're going to do what we've been doing. So we're going to be talking about, I think, the most standout scenes, but kind of tying it all together with the rest of the plot. And essentially, what this movie deals with is the loss of the father and husband of a family. And the mom is now in charge of two daughters. One of them is called Doris, the younger one. And the other one is Lena, I believe, the, the older girl. And... In order to make a living, what she's been resorting to is conducting seances, quote-unquote, in her house for people who would like to contact their loved ones and the great beyond. And you can... T- <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of a sensitive subject for some people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. But essentially what you're doing, or, or what, uh, what you're seeing, rather is this lady in her mind she's doing a good deed so she's trying to help people um whether or not the audience either agrees with this being right or wrong or ethical or unethical it's a different story because the way she explains it to her daughter after everything that happens 
is that oh we're not lying to them we're kind of just telling them what they want to hear and, and making them feel better and stuff like that um but i like the way that the scene is set up because for a while it kind of looks like it could be real i mean quote unquote real like in, in the universe of the movie mind you that that there could be in fact a ghost lurking around somewhere in, in the house contacting this this old man who's trying to contact his dead wife and his daughter is there and she's kind of like a karen a biatch <laughs> yeah and the lady sees that you know, she picks up on that so whenever she mentions something about money and she asks well do you think she should have money from her from her dad whatever and of course she signals no because she doesn't like her <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny but overall i thought the scene was even and when you find out that it's not a real sounds quote unquote it's still done in a way that i, I mm, it's it's not tacky it's not uh i don't know if i want to use the word disrespectful but it's not played for laughs i guess is what i'm trying to say because a lot of times i feel like stuff like this i mean unfortunately there are people out there that may try to take advantage of others and, and that's not cool but um i mean and, and again regardless of whether people are there believe in this kind of stuff or not i do i believe that there is stuff out there that we don't quite understand and, and you understand about this or, or you agree i think <laughs> yes definitely yeah I, I think that's why really this movie kind of attracted me um i watched this movie when it first came out um which was i think in 2016 actually um so i was really excited when it came out i was like oh my gosh and it was pretty funny because i had um dealt with one before like a real one um in the past and so i was really excited to kind of get more in depth of kind of like old school vibes with it and stuff so i thought that was kind of cool and i'm gonna take the moment here to say a full disclosure <laughs> yes i'm gonna just repeat that you did a reading for me it's not quite the same thing as the silence mind you it's right. it's a little different or a lot different maybe <laughs> but that's what I mean when I say that I believe in this kind of stuff. So, like, I mean, the, when that happened, I felt something. And whether or not it's in my mind or if I did feel it or not feel it, I mean, that's that's for me to decide. And I, I want to say that I did on a personal level. I, I felt something happen that night. Um, But, yeah, so, so going back to the movie itself, I mean, you see that this lady's trying to just make a living with, with two daughters. And it's just her and the, the girls. And so... You kind of sympathize with her. You you feel her. You know, trying to make ends meet, so to speak. So I thought that's a, that's a pretty good scene. What do you got for us, Maria? What's next on on your list here? Correct me if I'm wrong, but were was the original um, Ouija board? Did it have that like clear center where you can kind of like see through, like glass? on the planchettes was that like a i'm not too sure because i mean uh, i'm just familiar with it through stories and through people tell like talking about it but i've never actually played one so i mean i, I know what it looks like and I, ha I have an idea but i don't know how far back the design that we know today goes yeah it's kind of interesting i would love to learn more because it's it's really educational in a lot of ways and very spooky <laughs> so um so i really loved that you know she's a little girl i don't know how old she is she's probably like um eight maybe i don't know i think she's about that. eight or ten somewhere in that neighborhood yeah, yeah. definitely because i know um her lena okay yeah so lena is actually um 15 and doris is actually nine okay so yeah so um so she's you know a little girl and like a lot of children are very like more i feel this is very true and you know i totally respect everybody but i think they're more sensitive to a lot of things to, of the other side and what really got me was when she was looking in the planchette and they're you know the clear center she looks and then she like freaks out in the movie and i guess she sees something that terrified her or something i really loved that scene because when i was a little girl around probably um, a lot younger than she was like my very first time 
that I, you know, did experience something similar was when I was about four. And it just reminded me of that, like kind of freaking out, like, whoa, like I just saw somebody kind of thing. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's so surreal. And I just, I loved, I love that kind of more of like the opening, um, kind of like in the beginning of the film. That was really exciting. Yeah, so I don't know if you remember that, that kind of like the beginning of it. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's towards the beginning. But um, a little bit before that, though, Lena goes to this party. She sneaks out of her house. That's how the family ends up with a Ouija board because they don't have one to begin with. Um, but the way that they, they get one is that Lena goes to this party with some friends from high school and they have one in their home and so they play it and then her mom finds out where she's at and so she comes and picks her up and you know gets after her whatever and then lena mentions we should use this in our quote-unquote act whatever it is they do so then the next day the mom goes and buys one and that's how they end up with one in the house because they don't have one to begin with just adding to the point you made earlier about the little girl Doris seeing something, I think kids in horror movies are creepy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they just, they exceed the creepiness than adults do. Yeah, so creepy kids are creepy. Uh, <laughs> and mind you, what you said is just the beginning because she gets creepier and creepier like every scene she has. And first of all, great job by this girl i don't know her name in real life but she did a really good job as far as portraying this at first curious child she's trying to reach her dad i believe through the ouija board so she's doing it out of curiosity at first but then she becomes possessed by this thing or, or whatever but the point is that the the the, the actor the, the kid actor you know the, the girl I don't think she ever overplayed it. I don't think she ever went too far with it. I think every scene she was in, she did great in. Oh, yeah. For being so young, she mm-hmm. nailed every scene. And it even got creepier as we go on. <laughs> so that scene where she's, like you mentioned earlier, she's playing with a board and then she picks up the planchette and, and looks through the glass. We don't see what she sees at first. And we just kind of see her reaction of her face. Like, she saw something. <laughs> what did she see that made her face look like that? Like, in terror. Hard. Yeah, so then, of course, weird stuff starts happening in the house after that. And then you see Doris getting, quote-unquote, better and better at it. So... There are, she shows her mom, look mom, what I can do. And so they ask a question and the thing answers correctly. And Doris isn't even touching the planchette, it's just moving by itself at that point. Oh, that would freak me out. <laughs> like seeing something move on its own like that. That was the next thing that I wanted to talk about because um, the mom, is it ever explained if she actually believes in supernatural stuff or not? Like does she actually believe in like, or, or is she just doing it because she knows that she can get money out of it? Um, I believe she, the mom, believes in it in a way because of her trying to get in contact with Roger, her husband. And he had answered something in the film to where only he would know. And then I believe I remember seeing her crying, the mom, where she was like, oh, wow, this is this is you. Is this really you? Because only he would know that answer. So that was kind of. So in a way, I think she she did believe in the beginning, like, this was Roger. Okay, yeah, so that's kind of the question that I have, because, I mean, just imagine you are living your best life, and then your child has a Ouija board on the kitchen table, and then it's just moving by itself. I mean, mean, how would that make anyone feel, really? Yeah, that would would totally make me, like, run for the hills. Like, yeah. seeing anything move on its own is, is really scary. That, oh, you have, haven't you, though? You told me. Yes. Yes, I have. I've seen a lot of things happen. Like, I remember when I was um, when I was a little girl in a haunted... I lived in a haunted house. It was my very first haunted house I ever lived in. And I remember seeing, like, the pans shake really, really fast. 
um, one night and that was spooky. I was, and th- like, it was crazy. Cause there was like, the AC wasn't on, there wasn't like a storm outside, you know, and there wasn't like a crazy car going by. <laughs> and yeah, so I've experienced that. That was like, I think my very first time seeing something like an object actually like move. And seeing it and my whole family too experiencing it and they were just like whoa what is what's going on wow so it wasn't just you that saw this more people did no it was my mom and my brother and so yeah that was really scary wow <laughs> but i would be more freaked out over the planchette though i think because <laughs> that's like uh-uh <laughs> that's evil <laughs> I mean, we all have an idea of what the purpose behind the board is. I mean, if again, whether people either believe in, in the stuff or not, we we have a general idea of what people think it could be used for, right? And people who do believe in it, a lot of them don't want to have don't want to have anything to do with it at all because they are aware of what could happen, and you know, um, and the people who don't believe in it. I mean, I don't know if they actually care or not <laughs> enough, but I mean, I've seen people who don't believe in stuff. They actually collect stuff like this. Oh, yes, for sure. Like I have a friend who she she does not like anything to do with like the Ouija board. Like she will never play one, I think. I don't know. But she collects and she makes like planchettes and stuff. <laughs> and so she like sells them and stuff and they're so pretty. Um, and she actually made me one, so I have one. Oh, cool. Um, I have a planchette, and I... Do you think yeah. we could share a picture with the audience of that? Yes, of, cool. yes. And it actually, she made it kind of creepy, really, really creepy. She added, like, her own customized stuff, and it had, like, um, oh, yeah, and I guess, like, disclosure, no animals were harmed, but there's a cat's jaw oh, on wow. the planchette, a real one, so that's kind of spooky. Um, and it has a butterfly too. So it's kind of like taxidermy. Um, and no, you know, animals were harmed. They died naturally and stuff. And so it's just preserved and it's preserved onto the planchette. Oh, wow. Now I definitely want to see it because really, I like, I love yeah, cats. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really creepy. Like it's, it's creepy because there's real things that were alive at one point that's on the planchette. So it's, it's yeah, it's creepy if you think about it. Like, oh, yeah. No. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what's the next thing that you thought was interesting to talk about? Oh, okay. Okay, so this one just, like, blew me away. So, Lena, um, she has her boyfriend, right, in the film. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find out what was his name. But he was so, like, creeped out by Doris. Doris asked lena's boyfriend if he knows like how someone gets strangled oh yeah do you remember that scene <laughs> oh and yeah. his face was like pale um and she was like talking about you know the eyes like bulge out and blood splattering everywhere and how you can't breathe and stuff and i just like love his reaction like a creepy kid like your girlfriend's sister who's like eight you know nine and just like telling you this like creepy you know fact like a true fact but she does it in such a way where it's freaky because she's like kind of <laughs> smiling and like looking at him and like she she has like her hands together like she's telling him the story like like how maybe how she would love to like hurt him in a way like yeah. that's that's how that's what I got from it from that scene <laughs> and stuff and I I don't know it seemed to me like I don't think it was her talking I think it was you know being possessed so I don't know I would be really terrified too as like a, I don't know like a child like come up to me and like tell me like creepy true facts but they do it in such a way that is creepy like with their posture and i feel like i was always that child when i was little so <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i would probably creep myself and i still do and you know because i'm i'm four seven so it's kind of like 
you know, really little. But I still like tell facts to people like strangers and they always look at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but it's so fun to share, <laughs> you know, true crazy facts. But I don't know. It's just, it's really fun. But um, I would be really creeped out. Like if, if I had someone like me do that to myself, I would be like, uh-uh, you're, you're too, you're too creepy. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> or something like that. So, oh man, yeah. that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I do agree with you though, that that scene in particular is, and that's why I said earlier, I think this girl is a phenomenal actress, at least in this movie. I, have, I don't think I've seen her in anything else so far. No, I have not either that i'm aware of at least but i mean at least as far as this movie goes she did amazing and i actually found the the lines that she says so i'm gonna read them because why not yes please <laughs> so this is doris want to hear something cool and the guy oh says here his name is mike so mike says sure I'll, yeah, whatever and then doris says do you know what it feels like to be strangled to death first you feel the pressure in your throat your eyes water, and you start to taste something very, very sour in your mouth. Then, it's like someone lights a match right in the middle of your chest, and that fire grows. It fills your lungs, and your throat, and all the way behind your eyes. And finally, that fire turns to ice, like pins and needles of ice are sticking in your fingers, your toes, your arms. You see stars, then darkness, and the last thing you feel is cold. Good night, Romeo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just so crazy. So I mean, I tried to read that like like she did, but I mean, of course, I can't sound anything. <laughs> yeah, but, but she did it in such a way where she was like scaring him. Oh yeah. And stuff. And it's funny because I have a cousin that looked just like her, like Doris, when she was a little girl. So I think that's why I really love this movie because that's kind of like where my other horror inspiration came from. Too, growing up with my cousin, she was just like Doris. Oh, like, wow. So, and she looked just like her, too. So it's just, it was so cool to watch. I was like, I had like nostalgia, like memories and stuff so i just i just picture my cousin like being creepy and spooky <laughs> yeah i just oh i loved it it was so good i love that scene that is definitely one of the highlights of the entire movie i think just because of, of the way that she performed it the way that she delivered the line and just the way that she looks as she's delivering the line she really does look like she's possessed <laughs> Yeah, and you know, a and a lot of like younger siblings, they always try to do that like with their older siblings partners, like they try to scare them. But this is like an over the top scary. <laughs> like this is not like, oh, I'm trying to pick on, you know, your partner, you know, or your whatever um significant other. This was like this child is like <laughs> there's something going on um other than like trying to pick on him. So yeah. Oh, it says here that the, the girl's name in real life is Lulu Wilson, so props to Lulu Wilson for that amazing performance in this movie. <laughs> Good. And I loved her hair. And, like, also, too, at that time, what what is... I think that it was in the... six. It was 1967. Something like that, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be in the 60s, yeah, so it's not the modern times anymore. It's, this is, like, 67 years ago. She just blended in with that 60s vibe and then mixed it in with creepiness <laughs> so good i mean yeah that's one thing that, that we haven't mentioned though it's like the, the the movie's set in the 60s and to me though it looks like it could be set in any time period i mean it could be the 80s and 90s or now the 2000s or the 2020s and it would be equally as creepy but i mean there's something i guess creepy about the past and it's funny because when i was a kid in the 90s the past the distant past it was like the 40s and 50s <laughs> yeah so now that we're in 2020 i guess the distant past is becoming the 60s and 70s so i i want to say that maybe yes. in in the in the next 10 15 20 years maybe we're gonna see a lot more movies set in those time periods because that'll be like the quote-unquote the 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 old times <laughs> yeah it's crazy i mean to me like i feel like 
you know, sometimes in a way, like 30 years ago, it's like the 80s, but now it's like 40 years ago mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> is the 80s. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird to think of it like that way. I'm like, oh no, I'm getting so older. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me about it. I'm going to be 38 in a couple of weeks here. Well, in about a month. Oh. So um, anyways, back to more pleasant things. Let's talk about <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So, the other thing that I want to talk about is, this happens a little bit before that. I know we're kind of jumping around, but it's okay. So, before that whole situation with Lulu and Mike, the boyfriend of Lena, she becomes possessed. You see her complaining to her mom, or actually, no, to, to Lena, sorry, that her neck hurts. And Lena's like, let's just take some pills for it, whatever, stop bothering me. And then she goes back downstairs and, and picks up the planchette and this time she holds it up against the mirror and now you finally see what, what's been haunting her. And this is the one thing where I thought it was a little, I don't want to say cheesy, but like a little weird. It's like the, the, the ghostly figure looks kind of like cartoony. Yes. In the mirror. Um, but other than that, I mean, the whole build to that was, was pretty good. But then more stuff starts happening lena starts having these nightmares about having her lips sewn shut and that's disturbing that's really really disturbing that whole sequence where she gets up and she goes to the bathroom and then she sees her lips start being shut like sewn shut from like nowhere by an invisible hand <laughs> so that whole sequence is pretty creepy but then um the other thing I want to mention real quick is how Doris, after being possessed, just stands in the middle of the courtyard in school and during recess. <laughs> so this girl, man, this girl, uh, I don't know who coached her or, or who taught her these things or if she was just like a natural talent, but the shot of her just standing in the wind in the middle of the courtyard during school is just like, oh my God, this girl is like, on a different level. <laughs> Not only that, but then the bullies see, ah, look at this freak, whatever, and they use, or they, they try to use a slingshot against her, and then you don't see it happening on, on camera, but you get the point. And the point is that this little kid is trying to shoot her with a slingshot, and then you see his hands turning to his own face. And his friends like, dude, what are you doing? And then you just hear the scream off camera. And you see Doris kind of walking away all happy. So that seems pretty disturbing. I don't know if you thought about that. Oh, man. I just, I just think, like, she has, like, some evil powers <laughs> to, like, do. And, like, I don't know, like, you know, when bullies at that age... How, you know, you wish you can, like, be, like, back off. And then when it gets done to them, it's like, uh-oh. But, yeah. Oh, man. I I would be scared, for sure. I mean, like, not, not being able to, like, control myself. It's kind of almost, like, in a way, like, sleep paralysis. Like, you can't control what's happening to you because there's something else that's trying to control you. And that's kind of like what is going on with this scene. Like, oh, so it's so creepy to like think <laughs> about it. Um, I'm trying to think if I ever met a creepy kid when I was a kid, a kid that people were scared of. I know people were scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, of course there were bullies in my school and luckily I was never a target for them. Um, even though I was kind of a nerdy kid back then, I wore glasses and, and I was kind of chunky and, um, so I was like the stereotypical nerd look <laughs> type of kid. Um, but I was never a target, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about kids that other kids in the school are genuinely freaked out about that are like either dabbling in witchcraft or reading about all these things. And I don't know, I can't think of anybody. And I mean, I was into all these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would check out books from the library about witchcraft and, uh, well, not witchcraft, but like ghost stories and uh, stories about witches. Not so much witchcraft, but like the witch trials and stuff like that. And things of that nature. So, uh, but I was never, I don't think I was perceived as being a, a creepy kid or a creepy guy <laughs> back then because of my, my reading preferences. But I mean, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really can't think of anybody in my life that would fit a description like Doris, I don't think. If I remember, I'll, I'll mention it later, but I don't think I did. What is the next scene, Mariah, that you got for us? What do you want to talk about today? So, what was kind of creepy um, was this priest. What is Doris's mom's name? Um, it says here her her name is Alice. Um, by the way, I'm I'm on I'm on the Wikipedia page, so that's why I'm. <laughs> being yes. Able to, yes. Yeah. So Alice. So um, I believe he like hears about her or something, and he also wants to contact his wife. Okay, and so I believe he goes and stuff, and then, and he tells Alice that he believes that Doris is possessed and that that isn't his wife, even though it sounded like her. Kind of freaks me out because, you know, I, when I was a little girl too, I went to Catholic school um, and I always was a, like, I don't know, like I still have just like a little bit afraid of like priests and stuff. I don't know why it's just like, I, I don't know. So that's what this one reminded me. Um, he actually, I think, sees Doris and he gets like possessed or something. And then he tries to kill Alice. His eyes, like it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's just because I went to Catholic school and like, I don't know, like the some of the teachers there just like kind of freaks me out and they always wore like the robes you know and <laughs> exactly how this guy looks and i just oh and then we would also they would also throw halloween haunted houses at my school okay and the teachers they would like try to dress up like spooky and it was a Catholic school. Yeah, that's what I'm so, thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just like so freaky. And this happened in real life. And the guy looked just like the guy in the movie. Oh my God. Um, where, like, it's, I don't know how he did it, but he made his eyes kind of almost look like in the movie where it was like kind of white ish, just a little bit. Or I think he made it kind of like zombie ish. But he was trying to scare the kids, but he was a teacher there. You know, and he dressed up as like this like zombie priest. <laughs> and I remember my heart like going like so fast. And I like I didn't want you want to go inside the haunted house and stuff that they build for the students. And I don't know, like that's just something creepy. Like, you know, I don't know if you've seen the nun too. I haven't actually, I don't think. Oh. Chewy. Oh no. I know. Yeah, I know a lot of people like it, a lot of people don't like it, but I actually lo I loved it. It was really good to me. I loved it. Um, the first time I saw The Nun was in part of The Conjuring 2. Um, so I'm kind of going off topic, but um, it's just so creepy. It's, it's a little bit more, it goes beyond spooky because of the way, you know, they're dressed and. I don't know. It's just really scary. Um, so anyways, <laughs> so that just kind of brought me back to, um, that's why I love like horror movies. <laughs> it just reminds me of a lot of like just memories of growing <laughs> up and stuff. And um, thankfully, you know, uh, I, I, I stopped going to Catholic school because I remember I was always so scared of like uh, the priests and stuff. Just like, it was kind of scary. <laughs> just, I don't know, just like the, during the Halloween season, it was just kind of freaked me out because I was like five, and yeah. So, anyways, that scene just reminded me of that. Okay, sure. yeah. So, a couple of things I want to go over real quick. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of a Catholic school ever celebrating Halloween. Yeah, that's like against <laughs> the thing, and this was back in '99. I mean, I don't know, maybe it was like a more modern church or something like that, but right. when, I, when I was a kid mm -hmm. in Mexico, the church would actually campaign against Halloween. I remember like they, there was a church close to the place that I lived in back then, so maybe about two, three blocks away, and they would always talk about how they, they didn't want families to let their kids go trick-or-treating or even wear costumes because it went against the teachings of the church, whatever. 
so on and so forth, you know, the, the typical stuff. So for me to hear that a Catholic school not only encourages, but actually builds a haunted house for the kids to participate in, that's like, wow. <laughs> that's mind-blowing. So, I mean, it, it, it's cool. I think it's cool now, but just the fact of, of uh, how things were when I grew up, that kind of goes against what I thought they would believe in, but okay. I mean, that's... <laughs> Maybe they're 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 trying to be a little bit more progressive here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, just like their costume too. Like they were, you know, part of the staff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just it's, it was creepy for sure. I remember I was I did not like it because I was like, oh no, <laughs> these are real people that you know work in the school and they're dressed like it. The moment before that scene you mentioned that. Uh, Lena finds these letters that are written in what she believes to be Polish and so she takes them to the Catholic school and she gives them to the father who in turn talks to one of the nuns who she uh, she's from Poland I, th I think so then a couple days go by and uh, by the way this girl Doris has not been going to school anymore because she's working in, uh, as a seance person now so he visits the house the priest and he has the letters and so i believe you did mention that he tried to contact his wife but he did it in a way to see if he could trick the spirit inside of doris when he asks the questions you later on hear when he's talking to the mom and lena in the girls room he was like well it's the voice of a woman, but it could be any woman. It doesn't have to be my wife, first of all, because it did sound like a, like a, like an older woman, not a kid, when he answered or when he asked the question and she answered. So he was like, I mean, it's enough to make you believe that it's an older woman, but it doesn't have to be my wife. And then he asks about her middle name, and he was thinking about his mom's name, and that is the answer that Doris gave him, for quote unquote his wife's middle name. So, long story short, he knows that something is happening, but it's not what they think it is. Because what's happening is, the demon is, or spirit, whatever it might be, is somehow reading their minds. And that's how they're getting all these answers. Um, so then, uh, they decide to do something about it, they go down, and then by this point, the boyfriend had been already murdered by Doris. He is hanging from the ceiling in this long rope. And then they go down to the cellar or the basement and that is where that that scene that you mentioned earlier earlier happened where the priest becomes possessed because they go after her and she goes inside this ventilation shaft or something to a different part of the house so he goes after her tells the mom and lena to wait for him to come back with her but when he comes back that's when you find out he's been possessed now yeah. And he's like charging at Alice. So the question that I wanted to ask you <laughs> was this. Because throughout the movie, you kind of see him. It's I don't think it's him really. I And I hope I'm not coming across as, as I don't know. But it kind of seems to me like, like the, the mom is trying to hit on him somehow. Or, or like she thinks she can go out with him in a way. Mm -hmm. because at some point they have a dinner scene and she dresses up all nice and, and pretty and everything and she's a good looking woman I mean but he's a priest <laughs> yeah so but my, my point is that they have moments in which I mean for him too it, it seems like his faith isn't really all there because his he was married he wasn't a, a religious person in the past or at least not enough to be a priest so he was married to somebody and when this woman passed away that's when he decided to become a priest right so then he meets this this mom whatever and i guess he, he does kind of seem to be into her a little bit too i mean but but over the course of the dinner that's when he kind of makes it clear like no like we can't you know whatever they don't say it like that but it's it's the point is made kind of that um he realizes now like this nothing can happen between us 
and then she's okay with that. So then that, that was kind of put aside after that. But um, I do think, though, going back to the thing I said earlier, that I don't think... Well, I, I wanted to ask you first before I say anything. So him being a priest, he's supposed to be, I guess, strong against these kinds of things. So why do you think a priest would be able to get possessed? Well, let's see. <laughs> um, it could also be how you said earlier, how maybe at one point in his life, he was kind of maybe struggling with his, like, with his religion, maybe. Um, and or, too, I guess when you're kind of struggling on you know, beliefs or whatever, or something like that. But I, I do believe, um, this goes for anybody, like religion or not, but if, I guess, if somebody, you know, something evil sees that you are weak or like vulnerable, you know, um, and also to kind of like a hot spot too, to where maybe he could have been uh, like, I guess, more vulnerable to that, uh, kind of like almost like a vessel. Yeah, it is, it is really interesting to kind of think like, is it due to, you know, your belief? Is that why, you know, like your faith is not strong enough? Is that why, you know, you're being possessed? Or you are kind of like a vessel to being really like, kind of like a hot spot because you're trying to put good out and the evil sees that. But then again, something happens where he ends up not killing Alice but really close to. So I just, I kind of wonder how he was able to like get out of that, out of that possession. So it is really interesting to think, like, I wonder if it was because, you know, he fought back kind of like in, you know, in sleep paralysis too. <laughs> and that's so funny. Like I always reference sleep paralysis, but um, anytime I ever had, sleep paralysis and like where I was I felt like I couldn't get out I always like would say some words that would that would get me out of it and so maybe they see your faith or whatever your belief or whatever isn't strong enough but then maybe you're fighting back with whatever you believe in religious wise or non-religion or whatever you're trying to fight back and have that power back to where it overcomes that in a way. So maybe that's how he was he was able to get out of that and not kill Alice. It is really interesting to think, like based on whatever religion you are, or if you don't even believe in anything, whatever I guess is strong in your life and that they see that, that's probably like a kind of like a shield, like fighting back to get back into the real world, and like back to yourself and your body. So I don't know. So that, that could be a thing. And that goes for all religions. I do think that, I mean, since I brought up the fact that it, they kind of had a moment in which they, it looked like they were going to, I don't want to say date, but there's, there, there's some sort of a flirty vibe going on for a couple of scenes there. Um, and I brought that up again because I think it's got to do with everything as, as to why he ends up being possessed. Because, like I mentioned, he wasn't always a priest. He didn't want to be a priest to begin with. It's not until his wife passed on that he decides to become one. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, if a person finds faith at one point in their life, I mean, that's their decision. Of course. But... I do think that maybe a part of him, not that regrets it, but wasn't sure about it 
at that point in his life. So it kind of goes hand in hand with what you said right now that when the faith that you're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess practicing or trying to stand up for. If it's not 100%, and 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 I mean it's kind of a touchy issue here, but me personally, I think that at 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 least once in their lives, people who are priests or nuns or ministers or whatever the religion calls them, I do think all of them at some point go through a period in their life in which they doubt themselves. I mean, uh, and that's uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it's always anybody, all of us go through periods in, in which we question our decisions. Like, hey, man, like, I mean, am I really in the right place in my life? Am I doing the right thing? Kind of thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and that's not my point. My point is that, I mean, he was going through that time in, in that in which he comes across this family that's being haunted by the spirit, whatever. And I think that ends up being his own doing because, I mean, if somebody who had had a stronger foundation in, in their faith at that point, I think they might have been able to do something about it. In the context of the movie, mind you. So, yeah, like you said earlier, I mean, if, if you are going through a moment of weakness, and like you said, you don't have to be religious for this. You can be any anything. It can be, I don't know, a pilot, a bus driver, I mean, whatever it is you are. If you're going through a rough part in your life, and when I say this, next thing, it doesn't have, I don't think it has to be supernatural evil necessarily. I mean, it could be. I mean, because I believe in that stuff. But that is when a lot of people turn to stuff like alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. So, so it finds you. Evil does find you when you're not at your best, I think, in one way or another. So, I mean, again, it doesn't have to be ghosts or spirits or demons, but it can be something as real as drugs, alcohol, um, all kinds of stuff that people do to themselves because they think that's going to help them feel better or deal with whatever they're going through in a better way. But, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm maybe be reading too much into it. <laughs> into, into that one scene of, of the priest being possessed, but I kind of wanted to bring that up because... Um, all of us go through times in which we're not sure of whether or not we're in the right spot in our lives or whether or not we're making the right choices for ourselves. And the important thing is to always kind of like, if you're not sure, I mean, you can always ask someone for help. I mean, for guidance. And try to find a way to get out of that without having to resort to or fall prey to evil stuff. So, especially not demons, because that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... Then, uh, yeah, but you, you did say also that, that he ends up kind of, he fights it, in a way. Because the after he gets possessed, he comes back and he tells him that, oh my god, like, now I see whatever. So they're running away from him. And he catches up with them, but at the very last minute before he actually hurts them, he pushes them and locks the door behind them. So, in a way, he did kind of redeem himself I think he did kind of resist the urge to become evil 100% but he still you know he didn't he didn't make it he died so I don't know it's kind of interesting stuff that we're talking about here yeah it's <laughs> like really bit, in depth <laughs> yeah a little, a little bit deep like I don't know philosophical existential religious I mean I don't know but but um <laughs> did you want to talk about the ending oh yes yes okay so it's in the scene where she's dragging her mom and then she does she i don't know if she like looks down at her mom but her mouth gets like really wide kind of like um uh <laughs> it kind of like that from the movie where it, like the mouth gets like super wide open um which is really creepy and she's so tiny and then like her eyes get all like white and stuff like it's just and then she's like i don't know if she's like smiling and her mouth gets like really really wide it's like really really crazy <laughs> um and then i think lena thinks that doris is going to kill alice at one point or something and then i think she tries to get her and stuff and then it goes crazy 
Do you want to talk about that? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Oh, like, you mean me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, me, I, I thought you, you were asking me if, if it's okay for you to talk about it, but no, okay. It turns out the, the dad really is around, the spirit of the dad. He just couldn't help him in the way that he wanted to, I guess. Because when Lena shuts Doris's lips with the needle and thread, and that's pretty gruesome i think pretty gruesome yeah uh -huh. <laughs> that was like the first word i thought i mean without it being graphic or bloody or anything like that i mean it, it's, it's still kind of like i don't know it's a disturbing visual i think but then doris dies from that for some reason and then so her dad picks her up yeah and that's like a bittersweet saying you know the child and the dad just like walk off in the afterlife and that was really cool to see but still very because Alina just shut her mouth with um, that needle. Ugh. Yeah, that, that's an intense scene. <laughs> I hate needles. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know how I feel about someone's lips being sewn shut like that. <laughs> yeah, I've done a cosplay of that, but it's still creepy. I did it with, like, um, uh, not thread. It's, it's that other, like... Um, the brown thread. I don't know what it's called. It's like rope. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> like yeah. Anyways, I did a cosplay <laughs> of that with, like, with um, with my mouth shut, mm -hmm. and that was kind of cool. But I, I wouldn't like it if it was real. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> of course not. The spirits possess Lena, and she ends up murdering her mom, as she's possessed. But then. She becomes unpossessed, and so she realizes what she did, and her mom's like, oh, it's okay, I understand, it's not you, that wasn't you who did it. So then she goes with the dad, with the husband, and the only one left to deal with this whole mess is Lena. <laughs> because at the very end, you see her, and she's in this mental hospital. And basically, the entire movie, um, to me, this is the impression that I got, and when she's talking to the doctor... The entire movie was just kind of like her memories. And like this whole time she's been sitting in the doctor's office and he's trying to get her to tell him what happened. Can you explain to me? And then when she comes to, she's like, oh, no, like, no, no whatever. Like, so she kind of knows what happened, but she doesn't want to tell him what happened in that way. So then they put her back in her room and she's making a Ouija board with her blood. Oh, yeah. That's a little... <laughs> mm -hmm. So she's trying to write the letters with, with her blood instead of ink, whatever. And then the part that confused me was the very last scene in which the doctor's walking around the hallway and Lena's standing right by the window. You can see her face just staring out the glass window. And she's smiling pretty creepily. And the doctor's like, hmm, whatever. And then you kind of see Doris in the background in the ceiling for some reason, kind of like sneaking towards him. So that was the only part that confused me because I thought Doris was safe with her dad and her mom in the afterlife. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, don't... It, is, it is really <laughs> creepy. It's like, what is this happened? So, I don't know if the, if the spirit or demon, quote-unquote, just took Doris's shape to kind of, I guess, pass for being nice at first. I mean, because, it, you know, like, you, you keep hearing that when people play with this type of stuff, the Ouija board, a lot of the stories start off in a similar way. That they do it, and that the entity, spirit, demon, whatever it is they're talking to is nice at first. It's really kind and, and whatever. And then the more that they use it, the more time they spend with this thing, allegedly, that's when it starts getting creepier and more dangerous and more aggressive. So I wonder if that's what they were trying to do with that final scene, kind of like make it seem like whoever calls her or this, this demon rather is going to appear in the shape of Doris or pretend to be Doris rather to kind of make it seem like she's nice and they can trust her. I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of reaching here, but... So, anyways, Mariah, what should be our score for this? How many creepy planchettes out of 10 
<laughs> for this movie? Oh my. Oh, well, I would probably give it a mm-hmm. seven. Seven? Yes. All right. For sure. I'm gonna do a little better than you. Not too much. Seven and a half. Well, yeah, seven and a half planchettes because. <laughs> I mean, there were a few things that I thought were not explained, or at least, right. or maybe yeah. I missed it. Maybe I missed it, but but I, I didn't really think that everything that was brought up in the movie was explained all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. For example, the ending, like what you said, because you yes. were you were given the impression that Doris is safe with her mom and her dad in the afterlife, but then you see what looks to be Doris. I'm, I'm guessing he's like this thing's gonna kill the doctor. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. So yeah, I guess seven and a half and seven out of ten creepy planchettes. Um, so how about the demon? Which, by the way, we we didn't explain what it was. They do explain it in the movie. In the movie, it's uh, if I remember correctly, there was this guy who was a prisoner in Germany in World War Two. And he was experimented on by this evil doctor. And yes, then mm-hmm. so he escapes from that. He comes to the United States and then he somehow ends up in a mental hospital for some reason or a hospital of, of some sorts. And the doctor that is treating him here is the same doctor that tortured him in Germany. So. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a little confusing i think <laughs> well not that part but yeah it's kind of like like all over the place mm-hmm. yeah not that part um, of it but but i uh, it's, it's kind of i don't know if if i can't remember right now if the evil spirit is the doctor or the or the patient who escaped but i mean the point is that yeah, that it, yeah it's it's uh it's kind of a weird story but um anyways so as far as the demon slash ghost slash whatever it could be that possesses the family or doris how many skulls out of ten for this thing? Oh, I would give it nine. Nine? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I was going to do eight, but I'll, I'll do nine. Because, I mean, this thing, I mean, it's it's pretty... It basically tears his family apart. Yeah. And it possesses them and it takes him... Or at least it, it possesses uh, Doris... And he ends up getting the girl to kill her mom and, and kill her sister. So, yeah, it, it's, I mean, all in all, I think it's a pretty good movie. It's well done. If you're looking for a movie in which they talk about ghosts slash demons slash apparitions, if that is your kind of movie, I recommend it. I think it's pretty cool. There's a couple of scenes that are a little weird, but, eh, you know. I think all movies have those. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So having settled that, Mariah, is there anything else you want to add? Yes, I do. I do want to add some cool, like, fun facts from the movie for horror movie fans. Okay. So have you seen the movie Oculus? Yes. Okay. Do you recognize anything from this movie that reminded you of Oculus? Uh, don't tell me it's the same mirror. Yes. It is? Wow. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I love that movie, Oculus. Yeah. Such a good film. I loved it. Um, okay, and another one, I do want to definitely disclose this. I feel like it's a very, very important thing when dealing, and this is coming from, you know, a medium <laughs> that I do. And stuff. Um, it is very, very important. Um, you know, I don't mess with Ouija boards and stuff, but um, in the film, we do see that during all of the family seances, all the three board rules, which are um, playing alone, a graveyard being involved, and goodbye was never had never happened so those are some important rules to do so um and uh from my experience you know uh i played with one once and very bad experience i never went by the rules (laughs) too and uh, bad things happen so 
please, if you are going to, you know, play this with your friends, you know, during Halloween and stuff, um, do follow those instructions <laughs> and stuff. It is really important. Um, just, you know, just to be on the safe side, you know, don't want to um, get too uh, spooked out in a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of people can experience a lot of creepy stuff. So oh, just yeah. be careful and follow the game rules and stuff. And um, yeah, even with, um, I would even say too, like even with my mediums too, um, now I'm very, you know, I kind of follow that the same kind of like structures and stuff, kind of like with that. So yeah, I kind of do a little bit different, but kind of almost the same stuff, just having like protection always, you know, and dealing with anything you know spooky and stuff because you never know um uh, but yeah that so that was also um a fact from the movie um that you know kind of happened so you know it kind of makes me wonder like is that why all this possession kind of got unleashed you know because those rules weren't um done and stuff um so yeah, so also I was kind of confused too. Um, on the last scene, there was actually supposed to be Lynn Shay, if I'm saying her right, saying her name right, from the Insidious, but they cut her scene because they thought it was going to be like a, a movie like about her or something. So that's another fun fact too. A lot of people um, were kind of expecting to see her, and so they cut her from the movie because they didn't want. Um, the fans to connect the two. So like, cause I guess they have very similar storylines. So it's actually supposed to be separate, like two separate storylines. So that was kind of interesting. Okay, I'm not sure if I understand. So the the person from Insidious was supposed to be in this movie? The Yes. But was she playing the same character as Insidious or a different character? Yes, she was actually, um, I believe it was supposed to be the actress that was playing, and so her oh, okay. scene got cut. Okay, but, but she's playing a different want... character, though. Yes. Oh, okay. That was yes. my question. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, I was like, Whoa. yeah, I guess like a lot of people are gonna get like confused or try to make connections, and it's really weird because it's there is kind of connections, but I do love that this movie is kind of opened for a continuation, kind of like a other one that um i don't know i hope i hope you would see more of this movie i would love to like just see more of this film yeah this, i mean well we have film. the the other movie that's allegedly like the, the the bad one <laughs> yeah that would be I, I mean if if we go by by the by putting them in order this would be part one quote unquote even though it came out after yeah mm -hmm. and then the original Ouija movie would be part two so i don't right, know if i should watch that movie I might want to just. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Probably skip it. <laughs> okay, so then I, I won't. But but uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It this is a really good movie. I like it a lot. So. Um, yeah, I mean as far as your your point about the rules, I mean that's definitely something that I mean if you're gonna. Practice any kind of ritual or, or play with the Ouija mm -hmm. board stuff like that. I mean. Uh, I, I don't sanction that. I, I don't recommend anyone does it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like you said, I mean, if, if you are going to do it, I mean, at least try to follow the rules and hopefully that keeps you from being possessed by a demon. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like doing like, you know, whatever you believe in and, you know, saying whatever you believe in and stuff. Or, you know, religion or not. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in this kind of stuff, I mean, it, it's... it's um other people in your in your group might believe in it and that could be enough to mess up their lives kind of and mm -hmm. i'm not saying they're gonna get possessed mind you but i mean there's there's a lot of stories about people messing around with ouija boards and they yeah start doing really badly in life after that because they didn't follow the rules correctly so i mean and whether or not it's a coincidence or something actually did happen as far as supernatural i mean that's up to everyone to make up in their own minds but I mean, maybe, like you said, if, if people follow the rules and these kind of things would be avoided, so... <laughs> yeah. Alright, so... That was, Mariah, our episode on Ouija Origin of Evil. So, we had a really nice conversation about this movie. I liked it a lot. Yes, I did too. I loved it. I loved it so much. It's, it's very, like, old school. 
Yeah, you're right. It, it kind of reminds me of the, the movies from like the 70s and 80s that talked about haunted houses. So it's kind of that. that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a good movie. So before we leave, though, I believe we need to recommend or re sorry, remind our listeners <laughs> that we have social media. They can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. They can find us on linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. The link to that is actually posted on our Anchor and Spotify profiles. So you can do it whichever way is more convenient for you. We are also... Um, we'd like to ask people to, if they listen to our episodes, leave a review. Say what they like, what they didn't like. And of course, stop by our merch store. We have a merch store that will be promote, promoting sometime in the next few days. So pick up a shirt, a mug, a glass of beer, whatever. <laughs> so Mariah, any suggestions for next episode? Oh, I did not know. <laughs> I think since you mentioned the nun, we, should, we could do that one. The nun, I really loved the nun. Because I've never seen it, that so. Really good. Oh, and I have um, a picture that I, I don't know, um, that can be kind of like a cool photo for like the, um, for the next episode, like uh -huh. a cool photo to share, and it's the nun, and I'm playing with a Ouija board. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> the nun is in the picture with me. Oh wow! So that'll be kind of cool to share. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and don't forget to share that. And the... Share that story. <laughs> don't forget to share the picture of the of the, the cat planchette also, because that, that's. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, the sure. planchette. That's mm -hmm. so, so spooky. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll be doing the nun for next week, and if you listen to the episode, thank you guys for putting up with us <laughs> for listening yes. to our rants our ideas our crazy theories our, our thoughts stuff like that we appreciate your attention tell your friends your grandma your grandkids whatever it is tell them about our show because we do have fun making these and well until we see you on the next one stay away from Ouija boards from creepy little girls that know how people get strangled to death <laughs> um, <laughs> things of that nature so yeah till we see you in the next one have a good one